You are now witnessing greatness. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the MD Opinions Podcast. I'm your host, Eladi Polanco. This is episode 176. And would you take a look at that beautiful intro? That's right. I have a new intro. That's something that you actually kind of have to see to understand how good it is. If you're listening to the audio version right now, I'm speaking to you directly. Go to the YouTube version and check out that video intro that we have. It's amazing. I was excited to do it because I wanted to do something different, right? Like, in that difference, obviously, you can see what the new set. Obviously, you can see it with the new intro. I've been trying to do a lot of things differently. Kind of treat this podcast more professionally because I want to take it to the next step over the next year. Because the next year is going to be kind of, I don't want to say it's going to be my year. Uh, but over the next 12 months, my plan is to kind of really elevate the type of guests that I have, the type of content I have. And that starts with getting a new professional intro that I did that I'm very proud of that I rewatch over and over again. That's how you know you really like it. I like the theme music that starts a podcast is very hype and I think appropriate and includes a lot of different elements of what I like in music. So another reason why I've been listening to even just the theme alone, but even now the new set, which is kind of giving me some trouble. I won't lie because, you know, the background is so bright because it is white that the foreground then you know gets darkened that's something that i'm gonna have to figure out sooner rather than later i'm gonna consult with some professional light lighting people either my old lighting professor or, or um uh, christina yvonne which i had on the podcast christiana yvonne not christina sorry i had her on the podcast a couple of months ago and she's like a wizard with production i'm definitely gonna hit her up to talk about how I can fix the damn lighting because I don't like the fact that I look darker and maybe in the final product, you can't tell if you're watching a video, but that's probably because I mess with the lighting and the color correction and all that shit. So that might be why, but yeah, I'm just on a kick to make sure this podcast is as good as ever and really commit to the way the podcast starts now, which is saying you're now witnessing greatness. And it's almost forcing me to make sure everything I put out under the guise of the podcast has to be amazing. So that's why there's a new intro, new set, new everything. I'm excited to start getting guests on and actually have the professional set completely shown to you guys. Right now, you can only see the one person setup. I'm excited to do the full two people setup. Um, you know, I don't know if you're watching the video. So you do you see this create uh thing right here that i hung up in there just to make it look cute i'm off center i'm just trying different shit man the only problem right now i have is really the lighting and i'm gonna try to get that fixed soon but yeah that's really all i wanted to get into before this episode started but also before i actually get into the topics that i have written down the pop culture topics i just gotta say emptyopinions.com you can go check it check that website out 
That's the hub for everything happening in the MT Opinions universe. You can check out this podcast. You can check out our book club that D and I have called MP- Empty Pages. You can check out the Empty Picks of the Week, which are like my favorite shows, movies, and albums that have been released. Uh, recently, I have the Empty Blog where you can check out, you know, just written posts that I've done recently. I haven't done many because I feel like for me to actually write something now, I have to sit down and focus. Uh, I kind of just let it flow through me. The last blog post that I wrote was people's immediate reactions to Kendrick Lamar's album, which that was definitely an impassioned blog post. But you can check that out on the website. You can check out the empty playlist, which a song from that from this week's edition of the playlist. I want to be playing at the end of this podcast. So if you want to figure out maybe which song is he going to choose, maybe that adds a little bit of drama. I have no idea. That might be a stretching it. But regardless. All that to say, mtpinions.com, go check it out. Uh, But yeah, that's all. Now let's just get into some pop culture topics. And unfortunately, there weren't really bigger news than the shooting that happened in Texas. And so I kind of feel like I have to talk about it. Uh, It kind of brings down the mood a little bit, but I mean, it's important, you know, and it brings a lot of important issues that I feel like I kind of want to touch on. After all, this is the podcast with the slogan, no topic is taboo. So if I don't talk about this, then I'll be kind of not living up to this podcast's slogan. So let's just get into it. I mean, the thing with the shooting in Texas, something that I find the most interesting about this, obviously rest in peace to everybody who died during that tragic event that that should go on, you know, unsaid, but you should still say it. So that's why I said it. But I think the most interesting part of all this is why this feels like different than past shootings because I mean, you know, we all know that in the United States, a shooting happens all the time. You know, there's always mass shootings. Uh, one just happened a couple of weeks ago in Buffalo where a bunch of older, you know, black people were killed, um, by a racist guy. This time, I don't think the guy was racist, but now this time it was kids. And I just want to kind of figure out why this time it's so different in terms of people's reactions to it. People are deeply shaken by this event. And I think there's a lot of reasons why a lot of people are taking this one too hard, truly. Uh, For one, it's kids. I think, you know, we can't disregard the fact that it's elementary school kids. Like, I was actually thinking if there's ever been a shooting in an elementary school. Like, I know high schools is where most of them happen. You know, the one in Florida being the most famous one, the most recent one. Columbine, I believe, was a high school These mass shootings, whenever they're for students, typically happen at high schools. But this one is different because it's it's an elementary school. So I think that's the most, uh, like, alarming part of it. It's like, damn, now kids, now, like, young kids are in danger of getting killed in schools, you know? Like, and that's something I was even thinking about. Like, I wonder... Because, like I said, I haven't really seen a school shooting in an elementary school. So I wonder if, you know, either even other school shooters in the past are looking at this guy who committed this this horrific act. Like, damn, bro, you crossed the line. Like, I wonder if even school other school shooters were like, what the fuck is wrong with you? The one thing we don't do is target kids. I think that's like a, a, a just a social, a societal thing that just not the kids like the kids always get left alone like it doesn't matter what it could be the most fucked up person in the world the most corrupt person i feel like there's always that line of like yeah but they're kids that's like out of line and so the fact that it happened to 
elementary school kids is kind of crazy. I was going to say the other group of people that typically get spared in situations like these are older people. But as we saw with the Buffalo shooting, that's not even true anymore. So in the, in the span of a couple of weeks, there's been a shooting that killed a bunch of older elderly black people. And now in Texas, it was a majority uh, like Hispanic elementary school kids. Like that's crazy. That's really insane that these two happen back to back. And maybe it's just, that's why so many people are just like, we got to do something about this. And this is where I don't mean to be as nihilistic and pessimistic as I'm about to sound, but this is where I'm like, I don't think things are going to change. And that's how you know a country's fucked up when your first instinct when you see a shooting like this is, yeah, that's fucked up, but this is not going to be the end of it. That's crazy. That kind of pessimism when something this fucked up happens should not be the case. But it's because, in my opinion, my theory for why it's going to be very hard for these types of events to stop is because this country is kind of founded on you know, gun rights and, you know, advocating for guns and the fact that, you know, this, the, the, the right to bear arms is the second amendment. That was the second most important thing that the founder fathers were like, we have to address this. Yeah. Freedom of speech, freedom of religion, but freedom of assembly, I think is in the first amendment. But the second thing we have to address is we got to have our guns. And when an issue that ingrained with American society, is the thing that's preventing us from not having mass shootings. I'm sorry. It just doesn't seem like these mass shootings are going to stop anytime soon because unfortunately they're like byproducts of this identity that America has, which, which is just guns. So yeah, the only way I can truly see change actually happening when it comes to these issues, is just kind of tearing it all down. You know, obviously that sounds you know, radical and revolutionary. And I'm not necessarily that type, but unfortunately you have to completely take down everything that is America and then rebuild it back up for these issues to go away. Because like I said, they're intrinsic to what being American and what America is, you know what I mean? It's basically, it's like gun issues, you know, like gun violence and systematic racism are two huge problems in this country that unfortunately I don't think are going to be passed with a bill. You know, I don't think it's going to be passed. It's going to be fixed by voting. I don't think it's going to be something that somebody says like, all right, guys, I'm going to fix systematic racism and I'm going to fix the gun violence in this country, you know, in the next four years, that's not going to happen. It has to all come down. It has to all burn. And then you build from the ashes. And again, that sounds crazy, but that's literally what it is. Call me pessimistic, but I just feel like this country is what this country is. And I don't know what it's going to take for the tearing down of this entire country and the, you know, the bare bones of this, you know, foundation that exists for this country. But I don't, it's going to have to happen at some point. Like people are going to get tired of it. Um, I don't know what the button is going to be because i don't think even is this i don't think is i don't think this is the worst it's going to get unfortunately which sounds crazy to say but this is definitely not the worst and it's only going to keep getting worse and worse until you know i guess people just can't take it anymore and they're just like all right enough is enough and then that's where you know the revolution will not be televised or whatever whatever the fuck you know but you know what i mean like that's what i foresee 
being the only way that these issues are going to be fixed. So it's, it's a shame. And it's a shame because it's a shame where, or at least I'll speak for myself. It's a shame that I'm at the point where when the news first broke out about this shooting, I was just like, oh man, that sucks. And then I didn't even want to really process it because when you really stop and think about what just happened, it's very sad. It's really, really sad. It's, it's like, oh, it's depressing. Not only the lives that were lost, but the fact that it could have been preventable. The fact that the cops didn't really do anything to stop this. You know, if you really get deep with this, you can, I, I could start crying just thinking about it, you know, but for whatever reason, I just didn't really want to deal with that sadness. Like, what was I saying? Like, unfortunately, like I saw there's a Bull Burnham joke or song where he says, you know, my empathy is bumming me out. And that's a problem is that when you got a lot of empathy, there's a lot of atrocities in the world. And so you're just going to be depressed all the time, like truly depressed. So you have to try to find some sort of levity uh, when all these tragedies happen. And that's exactly what, for example, Abbott Elementary provides for people. So I just don't understand why people are like asking Quinta Brunson to have a school shooting episode in her show. Like, I don't understand what kind of sick fuck you have to be to feel like that's what you need. That's what this country needs. That's the change that needs to happen in order for us to feel better. That's what it is. People are asking Quinta Brunson for a Band-Aid to put a Band-Aid over the problem. Like, I know we're not actually doing really anything to fix this issue fundamentally, but hey, Quinta Brunson, I like watching your show. You know, your show is great. Can you just make us forget about this or like make us he like help us live this fantasy world by watching this show and feel like it's being addressed properly in the show? Like that says a lot about what this country is going through right now that people are asking Quinta Brunson to write in a fucking school shooting plotline into her extremely wholesome show. The whole point of the show is to be wholesome. You know what I mean? Like the whole point of the show is to show, you know, like the hard work that the teachers go through. It's not for you to live out your revolutionary, you know, fantasies. It's not for you to feel like, you know, to see some tragedy in a fake world and then feel like obviously the issue would be fixed. People in this country specifically, and it makes sense because one of the biggest exports of this country is media, but people in this country immediately jump to media to comfort them. You know, a lot of people to live in their shows and movies and music that they consume. And so I understand why a lot of people are asking for a school shooting episode, because that's the only way they can actually properly handle it. What says a lot about, I mean, you know, I don't even want to get into the psychology of that, but I definitely respect Quinta Brunson was like, what the fuck is y'all issue? And, you know, this is something that has been happening. And the reason people are asking for something like this is because a lot of shows do this. And I think the American public is kind of primed to expect like real life issues being shown in these shows. And so that's why they think, oh, yeah, of course, you know, you should have a school shooting episode in your extremely wholesome show. That makes sense. It's like, no, it does not. So it's it's. I understand Quinta Brunson's like, um, you know, like her anger. And I actually like how outspoken she is, you know, about her art, because I've seen so many. Well, I've seen a couple of tweets like before this, there was this other kind of 
tweet that she put out where she's saying a lot of people are telling her that there's not enough conflict and there's not enough twists and turns in in Abbott Elementary. And she was just like, all right, go watch Barry. It's good. You know, watch Barry. Don't watch my shit if if you're looking for Edgelord, like extremely twisted, like graphic violence and comedy. That's not what it is. And I love that she said that because a lot of people, that's my biggest problem as I tend to, you know, I've been making more content and more, I, I, I treat it like art, but I know it's content, but I treat it like art. And so whenever I'm doing stuff, I understand what it's like to do stuff, right? And because of that, I understand one of the biggest faux pas you could ever do is tell a creative how to do the thing that they're doing. That's crazy. And that happens a lot, even with critics. Like I hear a lot of people like basically saying like, oh, you should, this movie would have been better if you did this or like, you know, this song would have been better if you did this or like this show would have been better if you did that. When it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, I'm not against criticism, but like focus on what the thing actually is. And if the thing is successful at doing what it is uh, successful at doing what it's doing, right? Like there's a lot of people that are like, oh man, this song, you know, I feel like if they added this element to it or this element, it would be an amazing song. It's like, yeah, but that's how that's you. That's what you would add to it. That's not your song. And so you have to actually objectively look at whatever the piece of art is and just say, is it good or not? Or do I like it or not? You know what I mean? It's but a lot of people try to tell creatives what to do. And as somebody who's been making content for a long time and actually does stuff, that shit is annoying. I don't do it. And I, I like I feel like the people who actually tell people what to do in terms of their art is people who've never done anything in their fucking life, even remotely resembling anything creative. Because if you've ever done that, then you will realize that's fucked up to tell somebody, no, that thing that you do and you focus on doing, you should do it this way. Whatever the way you're doing it, nah, do it this way. It's like, what? Why are you telling me how to do the thing that I'm doing? Just judge it however you want, but don't actually tell me what to do or what not to do. So in that way, I respect Winter Brunson like talking about that in her tweet in both the, the, the Barry comparisons, but also with people wanting her to add the school shooting episode, you know, and also I'm bound to like anything that Quinta Brunson says, because she's from Philly and she's somebody I want to get on the podcast really bad. So just putting that out there into the universe, Quinta Brunson, please come to my podcast. You know, um, I promise I won't tell you how to do your art. That's, that's really, that's really all I can promise you with the, with the interview. I won't tell you, Hey, you should do a school shooting episode or Hey, what if like the kids went to outer space? Like, I'm not going to pitch you shit. I'm just going to talk to you about your art, whatever. I'm like actually pitching her coming to the podcast, but I do want her to come to the podcast, but uh, you know, this is it's gone. And <laughs> this is gone long enough. All right, let's just move on. All right, moving on to lighter news. I want to talk about this thing with Trey, the truth, which if you don't know who he is, he's a rapper, but recently in the past, like a couple of years, or past decade, or for a while now, but it's becoming more apparent that that's what he's known for. Trey the Truth has been kind of being a grassroots, almost like activist, and just like hands-on working with this community to help them achieve anything that they need. That's kind of what he's been known for, probably even more now than rapping. Uh, so much so that even the White House now has like asked 
Trey the Truth to like consult with him and to meet in the White House. And he did the thing that I wish most people did and that I wish most people would think when it comes to this fucking government. And it's just say no. Like he literally rejected the White House. He's like, I know y'all want to talk about whatever, but first of all, I know y'all don't really want to talk. It's mainly for optics. But two, even if we did talk and I told you what you need to do, y'all not going to do shit. And so instead, I'm just going to stay to my own and just keep doing what I'm doing. I'm going to reject this fucking White House invitation and just go, go do the shit myself. And, you know, I love this for so many reasons. But I think the reason I love it the most is because I've always been a just go out there and do it yourself kind of person. I've always been that kind of person in terms of like my content, like in terms of, you know, work, you know what I mean? Like a lot of the stuff I do, I kind of stress independence and not like relying on some corporation or whatever to determine if I'm good or not at this thing. You know, I feel like that's a thing that we're primed. That's a, a line of thinking that we're primed to follow from a very young age. And I feel like people need to snap out of that and just like realize that this is going to sound corny here, but truly you can do anything you want. I think that's a lesson I learned a while ago. And that's what I've been doing kind of with my podcast. And even let's say the intro, like the intro to me feels so fucking professional. If you saw the video version and you know, that's something that you would tell somebody like, Hey, like maybe you would commission or do, but in my head, I'm like, I had an idea of what I wanted the intro to be. And I just kind of tried it out with the things that I had and say, fuck it. Let's see how this looks. Let's see if I could do it. And I did it. And it came very closely to the thing I had in my head. But I feel like when people think of like, let's say a professional intro, they don't think, Oh, I could do it. They just think, Oh, who can I, you know, commission it to to do it for me like i feel like we're losing that let me fucking do it myself like you got hands and a brain and google what would what, what like with those three things you could do pretty much anything and you can learn to do anything one thing that i've always thought is that i can honestly say i could learn to do literally anything if you give me enough time like I could do whatever with enough time, right? Like the time is the biggest thing because you have to kind of learn step by step, but you can do it. There's really like really nothing in this world that you can't do yourself. And that's something that I see Trey the truth also follows where he's like, I don't need the white house to create change. And I actually kind of love that too, because it goes into this personal belief that I have in terms of you know, how we can actually create change and what actually matters. I feel like Trey the Truth probably at some point realized, let me just help the people I can help. And I feel like that, like the people around me, like my community, my family, my city, my state, whatever, you know what I mean? Like, I think he's looking at himself and saying, let me see what's around me and help those. I think that's really, really realistically the best and most we could do for most people, you know? It's just taking a look at who's around us and helping them um, instead of like talking to the White House, because, you know, it, it'll be very easy for somebody to be like. All right, at White House, I'm going to take your invitation. I'm going to get the pictures. It's going to look cool. But in reality, this is not going to change anything. This is just a photo op. You know what I mean? Like 
And I think Trey, the truth, realized that and said, fuck that. I'm just going to do this shit myself. You guys have fun talking in the White House. I want to actually go to where the people are at and talk to them and see them and have that connection. The White House feels like it's too separate from the actual people, like the government is. And, you know, it's only a matter of time before it gets toppled down. Hopefully this podcast doesn't get, ban- doesn't get banned for me. Well, look, I'm not advocating for it, but I could totally see it happen, especially over the pandemic, how poorly the government helped us. You know what I mean? It's like, all right, well, what you want me to do? Like, you think you think I'm going to trust the government? You think I'm going to believe they're actually going to help my day-to-day life? Fuck no, they're not going to do that. So that's what... Um, I got from Trey the Truth rejecting the White House. It's just, fuck it, I'll do it myself. And that kind of mentality, I feel like everybody should have. All right, and now moving on to even lighter news, almost comical news. And something that's going to lead me to a bigger Jack Harlow conversation. So I guess, like, so there's been this whole drama, right, with Jack Harlow not, like, being in an interview and not knowing that Ray J and Brandy were cousins or were related. And... So this was like a big thing. Everybody was just like, how could he not know? How could Jack Harlow not know that Brandy and Ray J were related? And, you know, like there was a big outrage, right? And I was just like kind of like, you know, just quietly being like, I didn't know that. But at least my excuse is that I was born in a different country. Like I would say for me, my first awareness of American music was LMFAO. You know, I came to the United States when I was 11 years old in 2011. The summer of 2011, you know, uh, party rock anthem. What the fuck is the name of that song? Uh, uh, not sorry for party rock. And no, the other one. Party rockers in a house. And I, <laughs> that's my fair. That's my first awareness of American music. So, you know, you can forgive me for not knowing that Ray J and, and Brandy were together. But I can see why they were jumping in Jack Arlo's throat like, you're a hip-hop, you're a rapper. How could you not know? And I think to a certain extent, I think that's true. That just kind of means you maybe haven't done the research that you should in terms of music. Like, and I can totally see that. Especially, listen, if you've seen the, those older videos of Jack Harlow rapping when he was like 12 or 13, that doesn't seem like somebody who knew a lot about hip-hop. <laughs> that just seemed like a white boy that just liked rapping. And, you know, saw Eminem and Drake and enjoyed rapping. So I can understand why people got mad at it. But then Brandy actually responded and she was just like, hey, Jack Harlow, I will rap over your beat and sing over it and, and you know, and, and diss you and I could rap better. Than, and I'm like, that was the first part where I was just like, what the fuck is going on with Jack Harlow? Like Jack Harlow is starting to have this weird, almost like Pete Davidson syndrome where people just can't stop talking about them. Or there's this thing where like, the world is almost bending towards them. Like that's how I felt with Pete Davidson. You know, the way like people were talking about it and like Pete Davidson's name would just come out of people's mouths that would never talk about him. He just kept dating like these very popular women. And, you know, somehow it just kept getting into more controversy and becoming more and more known. I feel like Jack Harlow is like that with less controversies because he actually has talent. Well, Pete Davidson does too, but that's what people say. Like Pete Davidson doesn't have talent. But I think Jack Harlow is starting to get there where, like, all these celebrities and people are, like, beginning to feel gravitated to, you know, they start to feel, like, 
they have to mention Jack Harlow in some way, shape, or form. It's really, really interesting. And so, you know, when I first saw Brandy, like, tweeting, like, acknowledging that Jack Harlow didn't know about it, I was just like, what the fuck? It almost felt like I, I almost put my tinfoil hat on. I was just like, there's got to be something going on behind the scenes. These fucking executives are, like, paying artists to talk about Jack Harlow because there's no fucking way that Brandy would be this offended by it. And then my incredulity, that's a big $20 word, increased even more when she dropped the fucking diss track. And actually, I'm going to play it. I haven't even actually heard the full song. I just saw that she actually, you know, dissed them. I, I really got to see, okay, why did she diss Jack Harlow? What compelled her to do this? Like, I don't, I don't, I, I, you know what I mean? Like, I just have no idea why she would take it to this level. Like, it wasn't that deep. It was just like a throwaway line that they made into this huge story that then she responded to that then she just decided to rap. And I feel like this part, it's even more ridiculous. Like, this part feels like Jack Carlos team paid her, to be honest. Like, hey, do a quick freestyle. Let's keep this controversy going. Because this doesn't seem organic to me at all. All right, let me... Listen to this this track. I, I, I don't even know what this exists, but okay. Why did she do this? Okay, if this is bad, I'm going to be even more shocked. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is world famous, one of the greatest living okay. legend. Did I mention my resume is amazing? The okay. game need a breath of fresh air and I'm breathtaking. Painted pictures. Wait, okay. All right. So, so far, it almost feels like she's insecure about people not really knowing Brandy. Like, or maybe just her not being as relevant as she used to be. That's how it feels. Like, allow me to introduce myself. And I, I don't know. Like, so far, is there's really don't. Okay, well, she's about to, like, just make explicit Jack Harlow references. So let me, let me actually keep going. Cinderella scriptures, but that don't mean Jack in the streets. Jack mm. of all trades, now I'm here, Jack of a beast. Queen's okay. cancer, but you could never cancel a queen. Crown concrete stone, an angel in disguise, a roam the earth, God like the son of Jehovah's own. I bear witness to my second coming. Uh all right, so, first of all, she didn't lie when she said she could outrap Jack already. Even, Jesus, why does she, she almost sounds like fucking Black Thought. Like, which is insane to think about that she would put this much effort into a Jack Harlow response track. It's not even really this, although she's doing a, a, a cool little Jack scheme. But, like, why are you putting this much effort into acknowledging something that was so little? Again, I need to know how much Jack Harlow, uh, DJ Drama, how much do you pay Brandy to do this? I know you paid her a lot. Cause, Cause she's putting a lot of effort into it. <laughs> Hundred miles I'm running, still getting money from Motor. I overdone it. Over twenty years and I'm still a topic. A picture's worth a million, now I'm feeling, feeling profit. Forty three okay. and feeling like a kid with millions watching. Popular, but now I'm popping shit for those out of pocket. Okay, actually now I'm just thinking maybe I'm doubling down. Maybe she didn't get paid by DJ Drama. Maybe she literally just feels insecure that Jack Harlow, probably one of the hottest young artists in the game. Didn't know that much about Brandy. Like, didn't know that Brandy and Ray J were related. But even that, it's not really a slight to her as an artist. It's just not knowing something personal. How does Jack not knowing that Brandy and Ray J are related lead to this? 
to telling the people that you went diamond. What is it? What, what does one have to do with the other? I feel like there's something here. I think I'm half right. Or I think I'm like, I think there's two things happening. Like both things can be true. Where I do think DJ Drama paid her a lot. But I also think she felt kind of slighted by Jack Harlow not knowing that. I don't know if there's really a reason for that. I think there's some insecurity going on there. But let's let's keep listening. I went diamond. Guess I'm still a gold mine shining. This black excellence at its finest. Don't call me Brandy no more. Call me your highness. Built tougher than my brother Ray J Glasses. Chris is passion. You woke up a oh. beast. Wait, so they're siblings? There's no way I made the same fucking mistake that Jack Harlow did. <laughs> I called them cousins. Wait a second. No, no, no. If I made that mistake, that's so fucking funny. Even with her making a diss track to this guy, basically correcting him. I'm still like, oh, they're cousins. I'm still wrong. That's really, really fucking funny if that's the case. Oh, I had no, I thought they were cousins. I didn't know they were actual like brother and sister. <laughs> now it's madness, singer slash rapper, rapper slash actress, and reaching for the crown. You might get a handful of thorns, or maybe you just want to be down. I put on for my women, boss chicks and kings, put respect on my name. Yeah. I was here before memes, skinny jeans, and dope fiends. High on lean. I'm high. Okay, see, that's kind of that's a little cringy to say, right? I was here before memes. We can be honest, right? That's a little, that's a little, that's a little cringy, right? I don't know, man. All right, well. Yeah, I don't I don't even know what she's still going. It wasn't even a diss track, bro. It was just I feel like Brandy just used this as a, here's a third possibility. Brandy just wanted to use this as an opportunity to diss Jack Harlow. I think that's really all this is. That's really funny. Or no, not diss Jack Harlow, like just rap. I think she said, "Fuck it, I want to rap." And I'll just use this as a way to rap. I've been probably she's probably been trying to rap for a long time, wanting to show people, "Yo, I'm a great rapper too." And she used this very small thing with Jack Harlow and made it bigger than it had to be. I off life the most times I saw you need. And the more to my story as my chapters new again. Back on top of the world, guys new again. Doing something people thought I'd never do again. For the fans, the hustlers and hooligans. Yeah. Okay, that was kind of useless, to be honest with you. What the fuck was that? Yeah, that was the most useless thing I've heard in a while. It wasn't even, like, it wasn't even a diss track. If you're gonna make a full fucking 90 second, like, rap showcase, at least diss Jack. All, all she did was just, like, do a Jack scheme. Oh, they're jacking my, and then the Jack, Jack, and then the Jack of this, and the Jack of that. I got a jacket on my Jack, you know, <laughs> Jack McKinney from the winning time. Like, I don't, I don't know what the fuck. The point was, if you're not actually going to diss Jack Harlow, like that is worse, I think, than anything. The fact that she didn't diss Jack Harlow makes this even worse. If she would have dissed him, at least it would have been fun. And maybe Jack could have made a diss truck back and it would have been like lighthearted. There wasn't even a diss. I don't know. Well, hopefully she enjoyed DJ Drama's check. Must have been a big one. All right. And the last topic I want to talk about is that I finally finished watching Winning Time. It's been the latest kind of big show on HBO. It's been a lot of controversy. A lot of NBA stars hate their portrayal in this HBO hit. But I actually, you know, like everybody else, I enjoyed it. It's a lot of fun. I'm not one of those people that gets hung up on historical inaccuracies, mainly because I don't know that many. But I just enjoyed watching it just as a story being told. And it's interesting because this show, even though it is kind of wild and the editing and, and it's kind of very inventive, it has that Adam McKay 
DNA. You know what I mean? That's kind of a tongue twister. Adam McKay DNA. No, it's not. It's just a cool way to... It's just, it rolls off the tongue, actually. It's the opposite of a tongue twister. This show has a lot of Adam McKay DNA, but it actually, as the show goes on, it feels way more like a traditional show that you could just watch. It almost feels like The Boys, where like The Boys is so gory and traffic, you know, and tragic and violent and you know repugnant and sexually explicit. But the actual bare bones of the story is very much like traditional TV. That's how I felt with Winning Time, and I think that's why I enjoyed watching it, even just to say casual show to put on like there wasn't anything really insane happening but it's just a cool story to see like from rex to riches kind of telling of the lakers like you know dr bus coming in and not having any money and just kind of basically the metaphor that they use in the show is that you know being a swan and you don't really see the paddling you know if you saw the paddling you'll see how much they're struggling but you just see this majestic this majestic animals just kind of floating over the water. Um, that's kind of how Dr. Bus was with the first year he he had the the Lakers. It's just a cool story, man. And I just finished watching it, and I love the way it ended. I don't even know why I decided to make this a topic. <laughs> There's really nothing else to say besides it's fun. You guys should check it out. Um, yeah, literally nothing else I have to say about that. So I guess I'm just going to end in a very anticlimactic way for this podcast. <laughs> I didn't mean for this podcast to end so anticlimactically, but here's the thing. This is my third time trying to record this podcast, so I feel like I'm just happy that I got to the finish line. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> there's been so many things popping up, like a fucking headache, and I don't have the energy, and I'm getting calls, and I'm, you know, getting interrupted by the neighbors. So, like, relatively to the first two times that were horrendous tapings, this was pretty good. And, you know, if it's going to be anticlimactic, it's fine because all I needed to do was finish this episode, you know, because I have to put an episode out. Um, I don't really have to make this the best episode ever. So that's what I did. And that's how this episode is going to end. I'm sorry. I promise. Hopefully next week's episode is going to be better. <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's just some episodes are just fine. You know what I mean? That's just what it is. I would have wished. I wish this episode was better because it's a new set and it's a new intro and there's a lot of new changes but also i, I gotta say this really have been nothing going on except just tragedy it's really just been the shooting in texas there's been the only thing to really happen this week so in terms of even topics to talk about there hasn't even been anything so you know i couldn't give you guys the best content but it is what it is so yeah that's gonna be it for this episode episode 176 of the empty opinions podcast i've been your host Aladi polanco the way i'm gonna end this episode is the way i end every episode and it's by playing a song to end the episode this song is gonna be coming up the empty playlist which you can check out in the website emptyopinions.com or you can check out in apple music or spotify just look up the empty playlist and you'll see it this is one of the songs on there it's called die young Featuring 347 Aiden by Sleepy Hollow, which is a weird combination, but it weirdly works. I saw a comment saying this is one of the best rap songs of the year, and I'm kind of... The more I listen to it, the more I'm like, yo, that might not be exaggerating. But yeah, that's it. Thank you guys so much for watching this episode and or listening, and I'll catch you guys next week. Breaking apart, but I gotta hold my legacy and I don't, I don't, I don't want it
So I stay with a stick, still on that shit, fuck two times six Forgot who I was, let me talk my shit, like Sturdyana, what's a move when I get up behind ya? Shorty bad, she get it from her mama, I do what I do and she do what she wanna That's a fact, ain't no cap, me and Chef had to run up them racks If we missed then we doubling back, 2018 I was stuck in a trap Fell in love and I got too attached, heart got broken, ain't no coming back If you up it, ain't no coming back, fuck on my opposite, ain't no coming back Is you with it? If you up it, I up it, let's get it Sleepy ain't no love in a minute, but fuck it cause I ain't been broken in a minute And your bitch hit me up, said she just wanna fuck cause she ain't Feeling strokes in a minute. You know me, I be hitting it different. So you can't get it back when I'm finished. So you can't get it when I'm cooking. I'm not in the kitchen. I'm probably somewhere out of town doing business. So I'm sorry if I couldn't kick it. I got a tattoo, I had to go miss it. Said she love me, that's part of my mission. Niggas be fake, gotta keep them a distance. Baby, stop all that tripping. You should just listen. Three words, my body different. I'm a crazy, no ocean, I'm too wavy No therapy can save me Took L's been winning lately Locked in, ain't no escaping Sometimes I get impatient Mask on, no face, no cases Yeah, 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 yeah. Fall back, baby, I gotta breathe For nobody, I'm ready to bleed And she for the street, she not for me From a place where they never believe In the hood, thought I never would leave Like, what would you do if you running to me? Got a chopper and you better squeeze Had on knock and see bobbing and weave If I go, better follow my lead I still make it hot like a hundred degrees Show no love, cause it's hard to receive You see what I seen, and you probably agree Cops and robbers, I'm playing a thief And mama told me not to play in these streets It's too late cause I'm playing for kids Now I'm looking through my memories Falling in a jealousy How can I miss you? Really just my enemy Right in the park, I gotta hold my legacy And I don't wanna die I don't, I don't wanna die I'm a